final hour of the show. Sean Bell, Sports Machine, Sean Levine, and you along for the ride. If college football is your cup of tea, you got some bowl games coming up today. Dude, the names of some of these bowl games are just too funny. I get it. They're sponsors. That's how it works. But can you imagine being one of the players and you get a play in the Rose Bowl? They're like, wait, sorry, what'd you say? You say it a little louder. You're like, the Rose Bowl. That sounds sick. Or the Fiesta Bowl, the Orange Bowl. These dudes today, Minnesota and Bowling Green, Minnesota's a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the Quick Lane Bowl. The Quick Lane Bowl. And then after that, coming up tonight, we've got Texas State versus Rice. Can't wait for that one in the First Responder Bowl. And I love me a good first responder, but they've got a bowl. And then after that, you've got the Minute Bowl. And then I was just making sure you were listening. And then you've got the Guaranteed (laughs) Rate Bowl tonight. KU, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, big, heavy, 13.5-point favorites versus UNLV. We'll get there coming up in just a little while. But first, I'm going to take you into a dark and twisted place. Let's step inside the mind of the machine. Who knows where we're going? Let's start in the movie theater, huh? where I saw the new Wonka movie. Have you seen the new Wonka movie? Of course not. Okay. Have you seen the original Wonka movie? Why Why would you see the new Wonka movie? I've seen the original. My niece and nephew wanted to see it, so I have a good reason. Okay. It wasn't terrible. Okay. I was just making sure you've seen the original. Dude, that thing should be rated R. Tell me I'm wrong. That is a violent movie. Think about the scene where they're on the boat. And then the other day, when I was watching the new Wonka movie, I was thinking to myself, whatever happened to those kids? Like, did they resurface? Whatever happened to the fat kid that fell into the uh, – I'm sorry, you can't say that. The heavier fella that fell into the chocolate pond. What happened to the girl that was the bad egg? They're just done, right? Like that's a very violent movie. I, you know, I gotta. I haven't watched it in so long. I don't remember it being violent. Let me give you advice as a friend: don't remember it like <laughs> you remember it when you were a kid. Because sometimes you rewatch a movie as an adult and you think to myself, "I was a dumb kid." Why did I like that movie? And with Willy Wonka, I don't think the original necessarily ages well if you're an adult. The next generation of kids loves it. But I think kind of like me, they're a little bit naive. So anyway, like same thing. Have you seen Rookie of the Year as an adult? No. Don't. That's what I'm saying. Don't. (laughs) Just remember it like you did, and then you'll be happy for the advice and text me next time you don't do that. Um, All right. The Dodgers. Gave Shohei Otani $700 million over 10 years. I would say to make it worth the money, they have to win at minimum three World Series. If they just win a couple, and here's my argument. You could be like, well, what do you mean? Two World Series over a 10-year span is really good. They're the Dodgers. Wouldn't they have pretty much done that anyway? So I'm saying they have to win three. Now that I think about it, if not four, to make that worth the money. $700 million bucks, dude. Nah, I'm not gonna go for. I, honestly, they probably can win one or two, and it's worth technically the money. If if they're giving him seven hundred million, how much you think they're making on the back end? If we're talking about just organizational standpoint, they're making billions of billions of dollars. So if he wins one or two, they're gonna get their money back in ten times over that. So for the Dodgers organization, it's you know it's whatever. They don't have to win that many championships. On top of the fact that he's gonna set records. He's going to set records likely uh, playing for them. So that's going to be even more money in their in their uh, bank account. 
Yeah, it's all good for next year and the year after that and probably the next four or five years. And he's hitting home runs. He's striking guys out. And then he's 35 years old. Then he's 36 years old. And then you're like, "Uh uh-oh, we still have a few years left on this contract. You know what this is called? This is called the Albert Pujols at the end of his Angels contract. This is called the Miguel Cabrera at the end of his Tigers contract, where at the beginning of these long-term deals, it's like, oh, we're going to get this great deal. And maybe what you're arguing is correct, and you're still getting the value out of it, even if the last few years aren't worth it. But, dude, when he's 37 years old, and at that point you're like, wow, we're paying this guy $70 million to go out there and do this. I mean, Albert Pujols is making $45 million a year or something like that, and he was hitting 215 and driving in 35 RBI, and the Angels keep had to put his ass out there because they were paying him so much money. So maybe right now it looks like a good deal. Let's revisit this like six or seven years from now and see the wear and tear on Shohei Otani because it feels like to me 38-year-old Otani doesn't look quite as good as this guy. We'll see. Oh, you're 100% right. From a fan perspective, it ain't worth it. But from an organizational, pure money perspective, they're going to make that money back in like three years. We were talking earlier, my friend, about Jalen Brunson, and I said he's one of the best point guards in the NBA. I called him a top 10 player, and you kind of scoffed at that. You said, no, he's not. So if he's not like one of the three best point guards in the NBA, who's better than that dude right now? And on top of that, Can we at least admit that the Mavericks screwed this thing up? I mean, the Mavericks should have opened the Brinks truck for Jalen Brunson, paid him whatever he wanted, gave him as many years as he wanted, and paired him up with Luka Doncic because I know you're in Philly. I know Boston's got a great duo. I know there's a lot of them right now in the NBA. There would not have been a better duo. And I'm talking about better than Lillard and Giannis. There would not have been a better duo in the NBA this year the way that both those guys are playing if Luka and Jalen Brunson were on the same team. But I don't think it would have ever worked. I think they're both too ball dominant. Like it they, they worked both, a couple of years ago. Yeah, but Jalen Brunson wasn't this. And even a couple of years ago, they didn't come. They did. It's not like they went to the conference finals. Like those two individuals for Jalen to be who he went. Well, for Jalen to be who he is now, he had to get under. He had to get away from Luca. Like the, both of those individuals damn near cancel each other out because they want the ball so much. So I, I don't think it would have worked with two guards who just always want the rock. That's a fair point. But then you could look in the past at other teams that are guard heavy. You could look at teams that it's like, well, too many cooks in the kitchen. Golden State, they had a bunch of shooters. They always got theirs. Hell, the crossover sports. I remember we used to talk about that here in Kansas City. It was like, well, what about Tyree Kill? What about Travis Kelsey? Sammy Watkins, everybody ate. So I think they could make it work, but it doesn't matter. It's never going to happen. Uh, Robert Sala has been given the gift this offseason of returning for his job next year. Was that the right move? He's going to get a shot with Aaron Rodgers now as his quarterback. Uh, they have no they have no other option. I mean, it was what does Aaron, they've given too many chips to Aaron Rodgers. So it was Aaron, what do you want? All right, you you want Robert to be back? You you want Daniel? You want Hackett? Okay, right. So for Robert, it's like, yo, dog, I didn't have my quarterback all year long, so he had a built-in excuse not to get fired. So, you know, they're just gonna run it back, give Aaron whatever he wants, and then see if it works out. Then so, and again, I like Robert Sala, so I I just think the organization put too many eggs in Aaron Rodgers' basket. Can't you hold it against Robert Sala, though, for not switching the quarterback quick enough, for having too much blind faith in Zach Wilson? I get it. You spent a lot of 
capital on him just a couple of years ago with the number two overall draft pick. But also at some point, you got to put the best guy out there to give your chance team a chance to win games. And he was not that. And he just kept putting him out there week after week, burying basically any chance I think the Jets actually had at getting to the playoffs, which brings me to our next guy. Same thing. I think that Bill Belichick kept putting Mac Jones out there way too long. You've seen the last couple of weeks. He switched over to Bailey Zappi. It's like, yeah, you probably should have done that a while ago. Is Bill Belichick the coach in New England next year? I've already said no. I think they've already agreed to that. I think there were reports saying they agreed to that. Um, again, I mean, he took Mac Jones out for Bailey Zappi. Then Zappi sucked. So then he put Mac Jones back in. And then Mac sucked. Then he put Zappi. Like, they both sucked. So he didn't have many options. That's the same thing that happened. <laughs> In New York, you know what I mean? It was like Zach was benched and then he was put back in, then he was benched. Um, again, I think the Chargers are going to look at a four Bill Belichick. I think that's one big place to look at. And I think a couple places may open up, but I think Bill Belichick is only going to leave uh, for a great situation, which I think is going to be the chart. I think the Chargers either get Belichick or Jim Harbaugh. So we'll see who goes there. But I think their first option is probably going to be Bill Belichick. The Chargers makes all the sense in the world, right? Like, get out of the cold, go to Los Angeles, go to a place that already has a quarterback and Justin Herbert. The only problem with that, and I would say that for any coach, Antonio Pierce, if he ends up getting the Raiders job, Sean Payton taking the Broncos job, you know what the problem is, or at least has been? Patrick Mahomes. You got to play that guy twice a year. They've won the division each of the last eight years. Let's just call it what it is. They're probably going to end up winning it again, which is nine. So that's the only problem with taking that Chargers job. Unless you truly believe, Sean, that we're seeing the beginning of the demise of Patrick Mahomes, taking a job in that division is just asking to be a wild card team. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be that. But again, out of the other options, what's the best option, right? Like, you, not many places you're going to go and say, here's Justin Herbert. Here's here's Keenan. Like you're not gonna. There's not too many other places. He's not gonna go to Carolina. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's. I know you don't want to play in the Chiefs division, but it's certainly better than what else is out there right now. He's also 73 years old. Maybe you just hang up the whistle and move to Montana, like Phil Jackson, and say that's it. I'm one of the greatest of all time. Now maybe he goes out thinking I need to prove that I still am that guy because the last. I would say two, three years, as bad as New England has been, especially this year, we're seeing clearly the argument that we had for 20 years. Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? Or is it a combination of them? It's like 90% Brady, 10% Belichick. Am I wrong? I, I, Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. What, like, people say that. It has to be both of those individuals. Like, who drafted Tom Brady? Who decided to start Tom Brady? Who developed Tom Brady? In the early points of Tom Brady's career, who was winning? The defense and field goals. They were winning Super Bowl 17 to 14. So you can't just all of a sudden say Bill Belichick didn't do anything. It was all Tom Brady. No, it was Belichick and Tom. It was both of those individuals being great. Like, I, Bill Belichick, I, I don't think he's getting enough respect out of this thing. Do you hate it, though? Do you hate it, hate it? Do you hate what I said? The thing is, though, about Bill Belichick, he's shown us he's had a chance. Now, granted, he hasn't drafted the right quarterback or gotten the right guy in there post-Tom Brady, and that's not an easy thing to do. But, Sean, it's not like his teams have been great. It's not like his teams have been good. It's not even like his teams have really been bad the last couple of years. They've been terrible. They're going to end up with a top-five pick. So all I'm saying is if you're the greatest coach of all time, 
don't have a top five pick. Is that asking so much? Maybe it is. I'm thinking of Greg Popovich now. They might end up with the number one pick. All right, I don't know. What Every greatest coach of all time has had terrible seasons at the end of their careers. Like, you know what I mean? Like every one of them have had bottom out like this. If you if you play long enough, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just what happens. It's impossible to be that great for that long. You know who makes everybody look like a good coach? Luka Doncic. He's the seventh fastest player to 10,000 points. He dropped 50 last night. That's a Curtis Jackson, bro. He dropped 50 Mm -hmm. points last night. Uh, How good do you think he could be when it's all said and done? When we revisit this conversation 15 years from now, are we talking about Larry Bird? Are we talking about a top 10 all-time player? No, I don't think he'll have any of the uh, team accolades. You can't win a championship the way he plays. You just can't. He's James Harden 2.0, right? Like you can't win a championship that ball dominant. You don't play defense. Like we've seen this before. Hey, we've seen James Harden be the MVP doing this. And Luka Doncic is probably, I don't know, it's similar and maybe he's a little bit better, but in his prime, he'll be better than James Harden. But still, it's not a winning formula. We've never seen that type of formula win where you would be that ball dominant, everything on you, and then you play no defense on top of that, unless you're talking about LeBron being ball dominant, but then LeBron had Anthony Davis, a top 10 player next to him. That's the key. Who do you get next to Luka Doncic? Because right now, it's kind of like when Dirk was asked to win a championship in Dallas. Go out there and basically do it on your own with a bunch of dudes. I agree. Probably can't do it, even though Luka, I'm sure, loves it because he gets to take any shots and do whatever he wants the entire time. But I, I'm with you. The way this team's assembled, they can't win a championship. I think they're only a piece away, though. Like, you give that team the right point guard. I was telling you a few minutes ago, they had the right point guard in Jalen Brunson. He wins championships. Do you, don't, you, don't think, you think Luka goes and doesn't mm-hmm. win multiple championships? You're crazy. No, there's, because there's, you're talking about a point guard, like another guard is not going to work with him. He's too ball dominant. Like two ball dominant guards have not ever won a championship together. I'm talking about ball dominant. Like he I needs, need the ball needs, in my the hand same for way Mario seconds. Chalmers was able to be the, the maestro of that Miami Heat team where he didn't really care to get his. That's what they need with Luka. Just get a dude that doesn't care that can get him the ball. Because right now what I'm saying is they're good. They're good. They might be like a four or five seed in the Western Conference, but I, I'm with you. I don't think that as they're assembled, they can win a championship. I would disagree, though. I think when it's all said and done, I think we look back at Luka and go, that dude was – how many times does a white guy come along that can shoot three-pointers and dribble a basketball and we call him the next Larry Bird? I think Luka has proven that he's at least the closest thing. He's got the best chance to be the closest thing to Larry Bird. By the way, I just if think you want to be entertained, I, like if you're just bored at work and you don't want to actually work, pull up Larry Bird assists highlights on YouTube. He might have been better at dropping dimes than he was at dropping buckets. He averaged over seven assists per game in his career. Larry Bird was that dude. All right, we'll talk a little bit more basketball on the other side. We'll get into some bowl games and the upcoming NFL schedule. A lot to talk about here on the Bet QL Network. 